together for the Lord, for the King of Kings. His name is Jehovah. One more time, put your hands together. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Wonderful. Thank you so much, choir. Let's put our hands together for our wonderful and beautiful choir. Thank you so much. We may all be seated. Even as you take your seat, it is good that you welcome the person sitting next to you. Uh, come on, go ahead. Give that person a warm welcome to the house of the Lord. Are you excited to be here this morning? Let me see your hand if you are happy to be here. Do we have hands in the overflow of the people that are happy to be here? Okay. One more time, if you are excited and you are glad to be in the house of God, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You can jump on your feet and just give the Lord some praise. Come on, you can lift your voice and make a joyful noise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. You can have your seats. You can have your seats. I can see that you are all happy to be here. There is no any other better place than this. It is so critical that we get to know why we always have to come to the house of the Lord. We come so that we, we get edified, we get renewed, we get sharpened, we, we get better and we improve. So you must understand that there is no way that you can come into the presence of God, especially in the house of God, and you go back home the same. You go back better. You go back bigger. You go back home even taller. So tell your friend that strength is coming to you. Tell your friend power is coming to you. <laughs> Please, child of God, understand that even if there was anything that was pursuing you, you are safe here now. You are safe. It's done. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Yes, it's done. 
You know, this is, this is a place that God has designed in a very amazing way. People that are being followed by things that they don't understand. When they get here, they just disappear. This is where you come and the chip, the chip in your body, in your system that they use to track you, it gets removed. Hmm? This is where you come and demons, they lose network. They cannot connect to you anymore. That's what happens in the house of God. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Do you know that we are living in a critical moment where it is so important for you to understand not just everything else, but understanding yourself better and more? you realize there is a greater level of triumph, of victory, that you begin to realize and you begin to experience even as you get to know yourself better. So invest in knowing yourself. Anything that you can uh, put your hands on which can help you understand yourself better, do so. Invest in knowing and in understanding yourself better. It's an investment. We are living in that critical moment where everything else that you knew is not as important as yourself. So it's time that you begin to study yourself critically. Waking up in the morning, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you into more truth with regards to yourself. Talk to me about me. I want to know me. Because I don't want to be a problem to myself and a problem for myself. Because I would, then I will not be able to solve me if I am that problem. But please, I want to understand me more and more and more and more. It's so important. So in trying to understand yourself, what do you think is the most difficult part that people usually face in trying to understand yourself? Which part of you really confuses you that you would want to know? Which part of you that you would say, this part really confuses me if I'm to know myself well in this area i think it would be good for me where do you usually see some difficulties in terms of trying to understand yourself so we are here to learn we are here to study we are here to understand okay yes and th thank you baba greetings i think for me <coughs> There's so many versions of myself in the sense that um, I think these versions come from perceptions that people have of you 
they cloud um, who I think I am and there's what I want to be and there's... So there's a, a whole lot of confusion because I think maybe there's like a lot of versions of me that I then don't clearly see who I am or who God designed me to be. I think that's where my, my challenge is. Okay. That's, that's quite interesting because our sister here, she's also in as much as she's sharing with us a problem that she's having of having probably multiple manifestations of self. And then she's highlighting a very critical point where she ends up getting confused by that. But that confusion is also an indication of the aspect of you that is in charge of the rest of the aspects. In terms of manifestations, let's say you are going to have seven different manifestations. Those seven manifestations are not at the same level. This is why then when you say, I'm confused, it goes to show that there is one part of you that is superior, that is confused. It's not all the seven parts that are confused. So there is the you that is in charge of the other six manifestations. So your, your ability to identify the superior manifestation which is getting confused by the six other manifestations, that, that's how you can then identify the self. The, the part... Okay, let me put it this way. <clears throat> let me put it this way. There is... There is it's just that maybe in medical terms, we have given certain terms to certain conditions that are normal. And then people end up having problem with a condition, which according to God is a normal condition, but because the term that we have given to the condition is somehow insulting, like bipolar. Okay, there is, I, I'm yet to meet one person who is not bipolar. Okay? Bipolar, every, every human being. It is simply the mismanagement of it which becomes a problem. Not having it. Because all these are different manifestations of different characters and personalities of the same person. It is simply the regulation, the management of different personalities. No one person is one. We are always by design a tripartite being. When God made us, there is the flesh, there is the spirit, there is the soul. And all these are personalities. These are different entities. Even the soul is a separate life. It's a living soul. 
man who is a man became a living soul. So, but because we don't understand how God designed us, we seek to be healed from conditions that are not really a problem. So when you say, I'm confused, what is confusing you, it's not really a problem, but people have, have not been able to define you to you and for you. You are misunderstanding your different manifestations. When the Bible talks about the seven spirits of God, Yet God is spirit, not spirits. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, give us this, give things, us this. Revelations 3 verse 1. Mm. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God. You will notice... That he who has the seven spirits of God is God. He who has the seven spirits of God is God. Yet God is not even a spirit. God is spirit. So how do you come up with seven where you get to number seven spirits of a God who is spirit. You will notice that God being one and being the spirit or being spirit, the number seven is not necessarily the number of the spirits that God possesses. No, it is the seven outlets of one spirit seven different manifestations of one spirit, seven different manifestations of different personalities of one being. And those seven manifestations of God is not confusing him like your manifestations are confusing you. It is the management of those multiple manifestations of different personalities. Are you following this? Because one person can come and say, how many gods do we have? If God is going to have seven spirits, what are those? Now I'm telling you, these are seven different valves. These are gateways, openings on God where he can manifest to one person as a flame of fire and then he manifests to another person as water yet the two cannot meet so one person goes around preaching the fire of God the heat of God and another person has a revelation of water 
and the two are never going to be in agreement. This one is preaching a, a, a strange God. Yours is fire, his is water. To Israel, he manifested as a rock. It was that rock that was Christ that followed them. So one man's God is tangible. You can hold him. Another man cannot even put his hand on his God. He can manifest like wind. And Elijah, whilst he was ready to die, he had an experience of all these different manifestations of God. Though the Bible says there was no God in the earthquake, there was no God in the fire, there was no God in the wind, there was no God. But who was causing that? It was God. So what was he trying to look for? He was trying to look for one manifestation of God where the concentration of God is, which is the overall manifestation in charge of the rest of the manifestations. So you shouldn't struggle with that. The only way that I can help you identify yourself is to bring your attention to the part that is confused. It is not the rest of the personalities that are confused. It is there is one you, the administrator. The administrator, because you know that to be your gift, your ability, administration. And it's not just a physical thing. You must try and work on yourself even to the extent of the spirit where you begin to administer your different personalities. So all of us, we think like there are times when what goes through our minds uh, if you fail to manage what you're thinking, <laughs> you see, going to school, we are being told that we have how many senses? Five. Five. That's the number they've given to us. <laughs> And we now know all of those senses. Five. Sight. And what? Hearing. Yeah. And what? Taste. Taste and what? Smell. Smell and what? Touch. Touch. That is the feeling, right? And what again? Are we done? Already. We are done. Five. And they say those are the senses that you have. And I've told you before that there, there is more than that. But all those senses, um, that's just me, that's how, how I process life. 
That's how I personally process life. I think through things. Solomon would just sit and look up and he sees an eagle and he starts to think and he will begin to write. He looks at a boat that is floating on water and then he's just wondering and he starts to write, thinking through things in life. Isn't there another part that people are not numbering? To the number that they've given to us. So coming across a person who has lost his mind, who is mad in Mushona Nudana Ukwana. Mushona they say he has a problem with his brain. So sometimes I sit and I observe and I'm thinking, so of the five senses, can I shorter? Which sense? Because this guy, he has not enough sense. This guy, if I call his name, is going to react to respond. It means his sense of hearing is active. He likes food. This guy. That is why he is always revolving around the bin, and they are always close to restaurants. They still have their sense of taste. These guys can feel. That's why if you intimidate him, you want to beat him up, he will run away. He seemed to still have all of those senses and yet zaka shorter. So you, you have to think through things and really ask yourself. So, so sense, sense is simple. Which is the missing sense. They still can see. They still can touch. Yet the man is mad. It goes to show that there is the central part, the coordination, the management of all of those senses. So, don't be confused by all of these different manifestations of yourself. Now I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing and also people are confusing me. People are not confusing all of you. They are confusing just one aspect which is the administrator of the rest of the aspects. So identify yourself as that individual who is in charge of all of those different manifestations of personalities. Okay? So that's what you need to seek. To you are not all those manifestations. You are spirit. But you have seven spirits, which are your seven different manifestations. And you can choose in terms of professions to manifest a bank robber made a decision to follow a manifestation that we all have. But it is how we administer it. It's how we silence certain manifestations of ourselves. All of us, we are crooks. 
All of us, we are liars. There is the part of you, as much as you are born again, there is still a part of you that, is, that can lie. Your ability to silence that part is the management of different personalities and different manifestations. You can still do what is wrong now. So it's how you regulate those valves. A situation calls for your certain manifestation. You are called to react in a certain way and you choose. You make a decision. This part of you wants to jump out and show the people what you are made of. But the administrator says, no. You remember in the Bible there was a time when the son of a king died and two messengers wanted to go to deliver the message to David. And the administrator said, no, you today, you are not going. It's him. So that's how you dispatch different personalities of yourself. I know what people are doing to me. I know what they have done, but they want the worst in me to come out. So holding back the vicious you, the angry you, because it's not an issue of just you being angry. No, anger is a personality. It's an entity in you that seeks to come out every time, but the the you, the controlling part of the five senses, you must be in charge and you control, you regulate. Here, I'm not supposed to manifest like that. You're prophesying. Huh? So Jesus is hanging on the cross. And then suddenly all the lights went off. And he knew exactly the personality, the nature of God that was about to be dispatched. He knew it. He knew it. You're prophesying, Baba. <laughs> he said, Father, please don't do that. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly, light came back. Father, she's saying that she manifests. That's what she's saying. You're actually prophesying that one other part of her she wants to manage the manifesting part in anger. All of us, like I'm saying, all of us, it's not just a hair. It's not just a All of us. Our victory is not even victory over the devil. It is victory over different personalities that we possess. <laughs> the devil... 
the devil will have sorted him out. And, ah, he's no longer a problem. Knowing the part of me that needs to be given out at the right time, knowing how to react and how to respond, allowing the personality, the part of you that is able to address the situation to come out and the rest should stay behind. That's what you do, all of you fathers. If something comes, somebody, a robber comes, gets to your house, you don't want even your little boy to join you in the fight. Stay inside. Let the mature go out and face the situation. So you assess before you react. Then you know which valve to what? Like today, it was a little bit cold. So if your sink is blessed with different personalities, there is hot, there is cold. <laughs> you make a decision. Which one do I open? To what extent? And you come up with the right mixture of the cold and the hot which is good for that specific atmosphere that you are in. The regulation of those personalities is what will give you a good day. You will keep good friends based on how you manage personalities. Management of life is the management of those individuals in you not external people. Before you get to external people, it is the management of those different personalities. Stop thinking of anything that needs to be managed outside. Stop thinking of managing your business. Stop thinking of how, how do I properly manage my marriage. No. Before you get outside, it is the management of those different personalities that you are knowing which one should speak now. Who is supposed to speak now? So I've said something very critical that I don't want you to forget and people, everyone here, don't forget. It's not just, you are, it's not, it's not just that you are angry. I'm saying anger is a person that you are. It's a manifestation of yourself. God, before he comes to you, he makes a decision. So how do I arrive at that person? Do I get to him as wind? Do I get to him as water? Do I get to him as fire? Then he comes to one person, he tells him, uh uh, <laughs> I was known by them as God Almighty, but not as Jehovah. He's telling one generation that I'm about to manifest in your life as Jehovah, but to them, 
they never had that manifestation of me. So if the two of you agree, you will fight. If the two of you don't agree, you will always be fighting. If the two of you meet, you will always fight. One generation never had the manifestation of God, which is called Jehovah. Huh? And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob mm -hmm. by the name of God Almighty. Uh -huh. But by my name Jehovah was, was I, not, I not known to them. Uh, was I not known to them? Was I not known to them by my name what? Jehovah. Jehovah. And yet Abraham would call him Jehovah. They called him Jehovah. But he's saying, was as Jehovah, was I not known to them? So what is he referring to? It's not mental knowledge. It's an experience. They, they named me that, they gave me that title, but I never chose to manifest as such to them. But to you, I'm willing to let out the Jehovah. During your, your, your lifespan, you will see that manifestation of Jehovah that your fathers never saw, and yet they called me Jehovah. So the knowing was just mental knowing. Knowing it was theology with no experience. But as for you, what I will give you is practical Jehovah. That's what he said. So he can choose from generation to generation to show us different personalities of himself. I don't know by what, what when people talk about being bipolar, it means two, right? Is it the bi is what? Two. And yet it's more than that. It's more than that. Multiple personalities. There are things that even if you are to follow God closely, you would wonder. Over here, he would make a decision. It's it's, it's in one week. On Monday, he's sitting, he's allowing, he's even saying to Peter, don't be rough on those kids. Let them come. Let them sit over here. So friendly, so calm. And three days later, he has a whip. He gets into the temple and he's turning tables upside down. Yeah. Would you give him that medical table? <laughs> Yesterday, kids, kids felt so safe around him. Playing with his garment, they, they were pulling down his beards. But the following day, multiple manifestations of different personalities. It is the management of that that becomes a sign that you have now matured and you are now strong. Thank you. Hmm? 
So don't keep wondering which part am I? No. Go after the part that is confused. That part that is confused is the real you. That's the administrator of the rest of the personalities. And you have to make a decision from that point of confusion. Don't be confused by all of those different manifestations because they are you. They are you. you I, I don't want to give, you, to give you false hope. And even after delivering you, you will still see yourself manifesting differently. And you find people that are so gifted, they know how to provoke you. They know how to let out certain you that you, that you don't like. That is so true. That is so true. There are people that are gifted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they come and they, they vandalize, they temper with the valves. And you will see the you that you don't like coming out. <laughs> So all you need to do now is to master that. Don't let that little girl that is immature, that enjoys playing outside every time, she always wants to come out and she creates problems for you. You make sure the doors are locked. Every child, every kid, play inside. Stay indoors. It doesn't matter. I've told you before that no matter you have grown to become a man, but the child is still reserved. He's kept locked. You can... <laughs> did, I not, did I not teach you that every stage that you have gone through is still kept? Yes. You were there, right? Yes. yes. yes I said before, before you could walk, all you could do was to what? Crawl. When go come by, because when go singa kunugudi, kufamba. You have to crawl because you are not you are not able to walk. Power so go na kufamba. Now you are. Kukamba ira kuno kuno rambaku. You continue to have the crawling within you. Pango ori ignorant. Huh? You were ignorant. Ukazowe informed. Now you are informed. Ignorant zuna namba. Ignorant within you. You can do things that are wrong knowing that these things that I'm doing are wrong. It means everything that you were delivered from is still there. So what is, the, what is deliverance there? If what I was delivered from is still in me, so what is deliverance there? It means you were given power. When I was a child, I would speak like a what? That's what Paul said. But now that I've grown up, but still Paul can choose to speak like a child. There are moments where you lower yourself down and you're talking to a little baby and you're talking like a baby. Yet you were delivered from that language. So you still have what you were delivered from. So what was deliverance? It was simply power that was given to you to move away from childish things. Anger with people around you is a choice. You can make up your mind today and you say, it's a decision, it's up to me to be angry. It's not up to them. 
Hmm? There is not even a single comedian with an ability to bring laughter into me. All they bring to the stage are jokes. But we have to bring our own laughter from home. All he does is to provoke me to laughter. No one can ever bring anger to, into you. No one. No one. It's up to you to decide how do I, which part of me, should I let out? Men of God, besides bipolar disorder, there is actually another diagnosis called multiple personality disorder. Multiple personality disorder. Multiple personality disorder. The disorder is not in you having multiple personalities. I think it is in the regulation. We are all we are manifesting. There are things that you like now that you are doing now that you never liked some few years ago. Everyone is having that challenge. So we should stop looking down on certain people who are confirmed to be having those medical conditions and we think they are sick. And if somebody tells you that you have that, you get offended. And yet he is telling you what he is having himself. It's the same thing. Self-control. When you are practicing self-control, what is that self that you are trying to control? Controlling it how? Against to what? What else do you feel like is about to come out? That's where the control comes in. So, I want you to really sit down, my sister, and you relax, and you take an inventory, get to understand your number. For we are a legion. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your constituency. The people within your personal community. And you man your gate. You decide who goes out and when. Is he well equipped to address the situation outside? Don't let the dogs out. That's maturity. It doesn't matter people did you what.
stop beating yourself up even where you know that now you know that you made a mistake. Acknowledge that mistake, take ownership, and you say, so what do I do from here to move on? So that what happened in the past cannot stop me from getting into what is happening in the present. Yes. What really have I gotten from that experience? Is it a wound? And you will decide how long that wound is going to bleed. Treat it. Clean it up. Bandage it. So that you make sure there's no infection. You can decide how long it will take you to heal and to recover from any wound. It doesn't matter. Any, I know there are people here, you have had experiences that you are still struggling to recover from. But the issue is, same applies, you see, when you were, when you were put into that situation that where you were hurt. What really was the purpose? What was really in the mind of God when he opened up a furnace and he said, okay, allow Job to go in? What was in the mind of the scientist? So in as much as what was done to you was not fair, in as much as what was done to you was to a certain extent an abuse where people just come and take advantage, they get what they want and they walk away. Until now, it is difficult for you to believe in anybody. Even if somebody is to say, I love you. You have heard that before, you know. Uh, you were hurt. But this is the issue now. You must look at the salary that you got from that employment, which was not in money form. Because that's the mistake people make. In every organization, they join every company, every institution, every business, they become a part of. They are quick to ask, how much do I get? How much do I get? How much do you pay me? But the question that is really golden is what is this job going to make me become? What do I become doing this work? What am I becoming by working here? Because money cannot help you become that. It is what you become doing that which becomes the most valuable reward. What is this work that I'm doing helping me to become? And that's a, that's a serious salary. What am I becoming doing that? What am I becoming doing that? Because money, you will notice that it might not really give you the, the joy and the happiness that you are seeking. That's why most people with that amount of money that you are seeking are not as happy as you thought they were. They are not. But before they got the money, they thought if we are to have money, we'll be happy. What really will, what will give you that joy that you are seeking for? 
is becoming. Becoming, when you finally become what you're supposed to become, you suddenly realize that you are a happy person, not because happiness has come, but because you have become happiness. You have to become. Baba, you're explaining exactly what has been happening, I think, in the last year of, of my life. You're talking about um, doing work that you are not financially rewarded. But there's other things that you get um, that are more than money. Thank you for that. And try to, try to compare. You know, that thing really is, is permanent. It's solid in terms of its weight, that the value that you become, not that you get the intrinsic value, the value within, that thing really gives you an assurance because you are that. It's not the value that you have gotten, it is the value that you have become. You have gotten to a point where if people are to ask you, so show me the most valuable thing that you have, you show them you. You are that. What has life taught you? That experience that you are saying, maybe this thing was terrible. What happened to me was terrible and I'm finding it so hard to walk away from it. But what did you become by that experience? What did you become by that experience? So make up your mind. It's not up to the process to decide what comes out on the other side. It is up to the product to decide. Different vegetables, different foods, you put them into a boiling pot. They come out differently. Some are hardened when you boil them. Some they come out loose and soft. It's not up to the boiling water to decide. It is up to the product. How environments and situations in life you have to make a decision. You look at a situation, you know, if somebody is to walk into this situation, they will be broken. But I make a decision. I have to make a decision that out of this situation, I have to come out on the other side better, stronger. higher, mightier than before. And if people are to ask me, how come you sound like you've been to Bible college? You say, yes, but my kind of Bible college. <laughs> you begin to sound like a woman of God, like a man of God, as if you've been to what? Why? Some they go to school, some they get visited by schools.
school came to me. Those experiences that you had were informative. And people are wondering, so who taught you all that experience? So try and manage those different personalities. That's where she that's where she's coming from. I, what do I become? That this 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 at least you be you should be thankful to God that you even have the capacity, the potential of being multiple to a point of being confused. Somebody doesn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much in you that you, you are wondering, so how, I'm, I'm confused because you are becoming good at too many things. That's you must be, You must be grateful for that. Because someone else, his confusion is, I don't even have one. I would rather have that as a problem Thank you. than not having enough manifestations. I would rather have that where I have multiple manifestations than having one or none. It's a, it's a, it's a better problem. I would want, if that one was contagious, I would say, lay, you lay your hands on me. I, I, it's, a, it's a good problem. That's my thinking. Let me have a vehicle that can get up to 300 kilometers an hour, and I make a decision. I maintain 70, but no wheel. I just have to know. I don't need to get there, but I just need to... I just need to know that... But if 70 is my favorite, I wouldn't want to buy when I see 70 maximum. No. Even if 70 is my favorite, it has to be. I should be given the, the right to choose. 300 must be there. Then I choose what? Yeah. But if you get to 70 and 70 is all that is, it's not a choice. You have nothing. <laughs> So it's the regulation of those personalities. So, my sister, you are so blessed by God to have all of those different personalities. Thank all you need to do now is to regulate, man your gate well, and you decide who goes out at any given moment. Okay? Are Thank you okay? You so much. Thank you so much. Thank you okay. for helping me. Okay. You. We have someone on your Anyone right. Anyone else? So let's, let's stick to that point where you, you want to know yourself better. It's important. Yes. We just on your right, Father, there's a question here. Uh, thank you, Baba, for this opportunity. Thank you for teaching us that all our answers are in, are in the word. Mm -hmm. In an attempt to understand myself, I decided, okay, I don't understand the Bible that much, but let me try to read. So I came across John 14, verse 26. 
which speaks about uh, the Holy Spirit being our helper. Yes. And um, I then developed another problem where you make these affirmations and you tell yourself, Holy Spirit, you're my helper. Uh, Holy Spirit, uh, walk with me. You know, things like that. But then you get to a point where you realize that you cannot like know the difference between his voice and your voice. So my question is, how do we differentiate that? And also, how do we articulate his voice? And my other question is, going back to the word, it's about the conversion part. You preach many good sermons. And we're all fired up after every service. But then when you get home and you want to convert that into tangible things, for my, in my own personal capacity, there's a problem. I need help in that area. Okay. If you were listening, I think she started by saying, you, you said that we have all of the answers that we need from the word. From the word, which is very true. But then when it gets to the word, you must be able to divide, being able to understand. Because the Bible really requires division. Scripture, even the word, requires division. When the Bible talks about rightly dividing, rightly dividing, it doesn't mean that the Bible is divided. But there is a legal way of dividing the word. You are dividing it not so that it gets divided. You are putting each word into where it belongs. Let me get a this was an easier one. Let me get the harder one because I know you, you people can hear. In trying to get into the word, this is, this is what you get to learn after so many years of coming into the school of the spirit as you are coming to learn. This is not what we start with. But this, when you get to a certain stage, you start to talk about this. This is a language that you start to hear as you grow on campus, learning and studying at the School of the Spirit. This confusion that most of you people are having between yourselves, wanting to know the Holy Spirit, who is he, his voice, my voice, there is something about you that you also need to understand. By you, I'm referring to your true, authentic self. 
the identification of that self, knowing exactly who and what you are. You start from there. And then you move on to wanting to know what you have, which is not you. Like your body, you have it, but it is not you. Now, there is the growth of the spirit and there is the growth of the flesh, the physical body. Both have the capacity to grow, to improve, and to mature. Right? But the growth of the spirit does not start until something significant happens. The growth of the spirit. You don't start by growing in the spirit. You start by being born. Then growth follows. And most people, they make a mistake of wanting to feed, to eat, so that they grow spiritually before they are even born again. They are not sure whether they are born. You have to be born before you start focusing on your growth. And most Christians have that problem. And I understand why they have that problem. Because they are Christians. It's a, it's a Christian problem. Of wanting to grow spiritually before they are not sure of their spiritual birth. They expect to grow in the things of God before they are certain, before they are sure that they are born. Birth has to occur first before growth and maturity can be realized. You have to be sure that you are born again. But what happens when you get born again, my sister, is that here comes a completely brand new spirit into an old body. So when you get born again, that event becomes the arrival of a brand new pilot into a 90-year-old plane. The plane is very old, but the guy who is supposed to be flying it is very fresh. So what is likely going to happen now is this brand new guy who is fresh from college has to then begin to start to make adjustments to the faults of the old body. Now that's, that's where you start having problems now. 
Yet what is supposed to be happening is that the old plane is supposed to make adjustments to the new pilot, which is the renewing of the body. When your body, okay, let me put it this way. <clears throat> let me put it. This is what happens so that when people begin to experience it, they, they begin to question, am I really born again? Am I really born? So the spirit man that is new, that has come into the old vehicle, there are people here driving very old vehicle, broken vehicles, yet they successfully made it to this place. They are sitting in here. <laughs> His vehicle is, is outside. Don't think it's every vehicle that you can steal some car keys here and you go and you drive it away. Forget it. They will catch you while you are still trying to start it. But give the keys to the owner. He will start. He's on the phone. He's talking to his wife and he's, he's going. What has happened is not the car that has gotten used to the driver. It is the driver who has made adjustments to be able to drive a faulty vehicle. That's what most people do. It is the spirit, the new spirit that they have become that has made compromises in order for them to be able to drive the faulty body. So they keep sinning. They keep making mistakes. So the spirit has now been enslaved. It is no longer the body making adjustments to the demands of the spirit. It is the spirit making adjustments to the faults of the physical body. Are you following this? <laughs> So, let me tell you something that might come to you maybe as a surprise, but when you go home and you start to read, you start to investigate, you will find out that what I've just told you is the truth. This is it. There is the growth of the spirit. There is the growth of the flesh. But you know that when we say spirituality, 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 there are times when we say spirituality in reference to the spirit. Spirituality. It's a term that sometimes when you use that term, you are, all you're doing is simply describing the nature of the spirit that you are spirituality mm -hmm. but it doesn't really belong there in as much as spirituality is the condition of the spirit spirituality in its actual sense at this level of education now spirituality is practiced by the flesh Spirituality cannot be 
acted out by a spirit. Spirituality, spirituality, I've given you this example before. I said there is no child that is childish. It has to be a grown-up person who is acting what? Childish. Spirituality cannot be exercised or practiced by the spirit. It has to be something that is not a spirit practicing spirituality. I want you to follow this. When your body starts practicing spirituality, it is your physical body, the old vehicle that is now making adjustments to suit the newly born spirit. The practice of spirituality when Jesus is walking on water it's not the spirit that is performing a miracle. It is the flesh that is practicing the acts of the spirit. Okay? Who doesn't, who cannot walk on water as a spirit? Who cannot walk on water as a spirit? Water cannot drown spirits. So where's the miracle? Your, your ability to identify the part of Jesus that is actually performing the miracle, you will realize that it is the spirituality of the flesh. When the flesh begins to do things that only the spirit can do, that becomes the spirituality. So I don't want you to get confused by your mind, his mind. Let's talk about when your body starts conforming to the dictates and the laws of the spirit. Uh -huh. Rather than having the spirit compromising. When the spirit is making adjustments every day to accommodate a vehicle that is broken. It means the spirit is not enjoying the drive. Let me prove this by giving you this example. Why is it that when God gave a promise, listen to me, all of you people, look, look at this, because I can go on and on and on, but I can all, without even citing a scripture, if I cite a scripture, I know my temptation. I might be there for the next seven hours. But hear this. Why would God say? Because she's wondering, the question, all I'm trying to do is to compress that very long question into something there is a confusion between the two she doesn't really know where she starts from and where she ends the location of the flesh the location of the spirit and the roles of the Holy Spirit but hear this why did God say in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all spirits flesh okay. upon all flesh so that the flesh does what 
that becomes the spirituality of the flesh. Hear me. Yeah. Hear me. Yeah. Hear me. Mm. <laughs> I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and what the daughters will begin to do is to prophesy. So what is prophesy? Yes, you thought it was the spirit. But the spirit is not a daughter. The spirit is not a son. There is no gender there. No male, no female, no Greek, no Gentile, no Jew. No. But when the spirit is poured upon all flesh, what is the spirit really coming to do? What God is telling you is how he is making the ark of the covenant complete. Because when you received the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost comes and he dwells in you. Hmm? In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon them. He would come, he would come upon them. The only time that the Holy Ghost went as far as into them was at Pentecost when he was officially given. Okay? So you have the Holy Ghost in you. So you are the Ark of the Covenant. Your physical body is the acacia wood. But having the Holy Ghost inside, it means you now have gold, uh -huh. which is divinity inside. Yeah. Mm. But for you, the Ark of the Covenant had gold inside and outside. Inside and outside. And the acacia wood was in between. So God has given you the Holy Ghost. Now you have the Holy Ghost in you. Now, when that Holy Ghost now begins to overflow, you need to also have the divine outside of the acacia hood, outside of the physical body. So that whoever comes to you and he tries to touch your physical body, what he ends up touching is the divine. It's a process of being fully coated by the nature of God. It's a process. Where slowly your flesh starts to disappear. Slowly your flesh becomes invisible. When people look at you, what they see is God. No one will ever put his hand on the acacia wood when the process of coating of the flesh with divinity is over. So I'm talking of the overlaying. Why would God say, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh? Now, if I'm to ask all of you, so when the spirit is being poured out, what was their qualification to have it? Hello? 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 What was their qualification to have the spirit? 
And yet, if you are to ask people, generally walking around, you ask people, so what do you think qualifies you for the things of the spirit? They will say spirituality. So people start to, they want to develop their spirits, work on their spirits, so that they receive spiritual things. Yet God is saying, your qualification, I will pour out my spirit based on your flesh. Being physical is a qualification. It's a qualification. I'm saying this because you are afraid of yourself. You are afraid of your personal mind. You still fear that part. Yes, Baba. Because you think there is any danger from that part of yourself. Yes. So hear this now. So I'm saying, when you start considering that part that you are afraid of, an advantage is a qualification. God is saying, wherever he pours out the spirit and the spirit has been given an assignment by God to go after every flesh. So it's not coming looking for spiritual people. The spirit is coming looking for flesh. And yet down here you are thinking that flesh is disqualifying you from spiritual things. I can tell you certain things that you can never get unless you are in the flesh. Even the greatest gift ever given, salvation. The day that you lose your flesh, you die and you get buried, you can no longer be born again. So what was the qualification? The flesh. The flesh. Yet before you died, people and even preachers were telling you not to be mindful of what? Of the flesh. Everything about the flesh was wicked, it was evil, and they were... You have received so many attacks. Somebody somewhere is trying to make you believe that the flesh is your disqualification. And yet without even the flesh, you cannot have salvation. So, when Jesus said, you talked about the word, right? We get everything from the word. How do I become that when the word, for the word to, be, to materialize and so on? When Jesus said, for men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. I'm not, I don't have to ask only you. Let me ask everyone else. Which man was he referring to? We are in a class, it's just that this class is massive, it's too big. <laughs> I'm trying to support an argument here so that you know. Okay. If you don't have an answer, I'm not going to hand in teacher Odi. Don't have an answer, you just say I don't have and the teacher continues. So <laughs> someone gave me I had a correct answer. The flesh baba. The flesh, right? Yes. Uh -huh. let's, let's hear somebody else. If you, even if you think it is the spirit, it's still okay. We are learning. 
And some of you, now you are, you are smart. You, now you know. You knew it three minutes ago. That it is the flesh. Okay. All right. Why are we saying it is the flesh? Because when he said men shall not live by bread alone, alone, alone. That's in reference to a man who lives by bread. And that man cannot be the spirit. He doesn't eat physical bread because he was, Jesus was referring to physical bread when he said men shall not live by bread alone. Alone. So he's referring to a man who lives by bread. And that man cannot be a spirit man. He doesn't eat physical bread and lives on physical bread. No. He lives on spiritual bread. But then he said, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It, it is still in reference to the same physical man. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So... Who is that man who cannot live by bread? It means that's a man who lives by bread. But then Jesus says, he cannot live by bread alone. So that's a physical man, right? <laughs> but by every word, that's still in reference to the same physical man. That that physical man should get to a point where he knows how to live by the spoken word. Being physical. Being still being physical. Where you eat your bread, Jesus did not say don't stop eating bread. No. He's saying bread alone cannot sustain you. So after having your breakfast as flesh, you must go on after the spoken word. The word should proceed out of the mouth of God. And the flesh will live by that. This flesh without the word is should I say dying or dead? Hear this. <laughs> this flesh without the word this is what I used to think going to school, learning, studying everyone I've been taught growing up until the Holy Spirit began to show me things. Where I said to the Holy Spirit I've seen what is written but I heard also that there is what proceeds out of the mouth. There is the written, the scripture. Scripture, scripture. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go. Yes, it is the word of God. But that one proceeded and was written. But there is the word that proceeds. It's spoken. When I'm reading the written, and then suddenly, here comes the spoken. I'm reading. My eyes can see what is written, which is the word. And suddenly, I begin to hear. That's what I do when I'm reading the Bible. I'm hearing. I'm reading and I'm hearing. I'm reading and I'm hearing. You hear somebody thinking or saying that maybe the bread that Jesus was referring to is the word. No. Why would then Jesus say you cannot live by that one? He was talking, he was referring to physical bread. 
Because he then went on to say, but by every word, that can become then the spiritual bread. Follow this now. So when I'm reading the written word of God, I must be also attentive to the spoken. What is he saying about what I'm reading? What is he saying about what I'm reading? So when you are reading, also have your ears open. Because whilst he was reading the Ethiopian eunuch from the book of Isaiah, then here comes the spoken. Philip then asked him, do you understand what you are reading? Because it is what you hear that will help you understand what you are reading. Now, do you understand what you are reading? And the reader of the scripture said, how can I understand? It's not possible. So it means scripture, written scripture cannot even give you understanding of itself. You must be reading and be hearing. Okay? So, I'm helping now the flesh to practice spirituality. When you're physically reading the Bible, there must be a spiritual practice by the flesh, which is the spirituality of the flesh. Wanting to hear what God, who is a spirit, who is spirit, is saying. So you're opening scriptures, opening scriptures, and you are reading. Whilst you are reading, you begin to hear. And what you are hearing is what is proceeding. What is proceeding is what you live by. You can come across a scripture in the Bible that says, you are not the tail, but you are the head. Okay? And then you can make a decision to personalize it. It's one thing. But literally looking at it, you must also understand the context. To say, okay, so this letter was written to who? About who? In as much as you'd want to be the recipient of that letter and you want that to belong to you, there must be a confirmation that this that you have read, though I was referring to Israel, here comes a spoken word that confirms that you are part of that written word and you will live by that. When it's confirmed, when it's confirmed, because there are things in the Bible that you don't want to happen to you. There are terrible things in the Bible and you don't want everything in the Bible to happen to you. Let's be honest. So you don't raise your Bible and you say, let everything in this book happen to me. <laughs> you don't. You have to select. Go after what you prefer. Yeah. Right? Because there are people in that book that committed suicide. There are thieves in that book that ended up insulting God. Are you following this? 
They are smart people. They are fools that are there in that book. Okay? So you go after what you desire. And then when you are reading a certain portion of scripture, it's a written word. But while you are reading, listen to the voice that is going to ask you, do you understand what you are reading? And you say to the voice, how can I understand without an interpretation? And then Philip took over that study and began to explain and the word was proceeding out of his mouth to the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian eunuch began to understand. He began to understand. And I've said this, I'll keep on saying it, I think somebody gets it. The Ethiopian eunuch had tried to implement an advice that he had gotten from YouTube of someone who was saying, just read your Bible. Don't follow this. Read your Bible. So, so he said, ah, I think this is a good advice. So he took his big Bible. No, no, no. He took his big Bible <laughs> and he sat in his cut. He said, this issue of going to churches, I will study my Bible at home. And still the man of God was brought by the Holy Ghost and God said, he doesn't understand the principle of understanding. Go and prove to him that he can never have access to understanding simply by reading scripture. Go and find him. You will find him confused. You need an interpreter. An interpreter of what you have read. An interpreter of what you have read. Do you understand the meaning of what you have had? When God says you are the head and not the tail, what does the head do? Thinks. What does the tail do? Then you, we start to give you an understanding. And sometimes I might even show you that, okay, the problem is that you are trying to become the head. You're trying. Maybe the person to whom that message was written was not the head at the time of the writing. So they will become, there was some, there was something else. But what are you currently? The head. So that you don't try to become what you are. All you need to do is to realize that I am the head. But how come nothing is showing that I'm the head? And then we move on to another stage. What do you mean by showing? Who really do you want to see? Who is the person that you would want to see that you are now the head? If God has made you the head, 
what is the proof, what is the evidence that I am the head? What is your understanding of the head? If you are the head, in case you are the head but you are not sure, and you try to pray so that you become what you are, you will pray, and you will pray, and you will pray. And what is praying to become the head is the head. And it will never become the head because it is already what? The head. So we have to come back to the head and make the head aware of what it is. And I convince you that some of the things that you people are seeking, you will not find because you have found. But I don't seem to be having it. It's not longer an issue of having it. Let's talk about how it is cultivated, how it is nurtured, how it is grown. Now that you have it, we start from there. Now that we are all born again, then we start working on maturity. Not being born again, but on maturity. How do we mature the spirit that we are? How do we mature ourselves? Before, we were at a certain level where we knew the Bible to be the food of the spirit, where you are eating the food of the spirit, which is the Bible, right? You're perusing, going through pages, and you're studying, and you, that's, the, that's the food of the spirit. But to another degree, like I've said, the word becomes the uh, food of the flesh. And men who should not live by, who cannot live by bread alone, who start to live by every word that proceeds, that man is the flesh. That flesh, you must always seek for knowledge, seek for understanding. That's what I do. When I'm walking, I am aware of the presence of the Holy Ghost. I'm much more aware of him than of myself. I'm much more aware of the presence of God than of myself. Because I've already, I've since embarked on a journey of disappearance where it has to be him that lives not me so hear this hear this there is still a part of me that is there but we are being changed into the very into the same image we are God beings we, we are becoming what he is who he is. Until finally we get to that point where God, okay, let me, not, 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 let me not go there now. Let me not go there now. So, what you were before, do you know that even if God is to restore you now, remember, first Adam sinned, the last Adam sinned. The last Adam did not sin. Okay, the first Adam sinned and the last did not sin. The first was defeated. The last Adam 
came out victorious. And the first Adam was Adam. The last Adam, we know him. We know who he is. Christ himself, Jesus, right? But listen to this. But you must understand, I used to wonder, why is it that he came and he paid the price? He died for us and he physically died. The price was paid and yet every Christian is still dying physically. So if you were to sit in a debate, not many preachers can argue that out. All they might become is emotional. <laughs> but asking a very simple question, Jesus died and he paid the price, but how come we are still dying? They will say, no, it was a spiritual death that he died for. But he did not die spiritually. Jesus did not only die. They did not hang his spirit on the cross. The physical body died for which part? If the spirit died, it died for the spirit you. But if the physical body also died, it died for what part of you? Why are we still dying? Maybe the closest answer they can give you is that it will be realized that that process is not yet done with. It will be realized when he come back. Mm -hmm. And will be raised from the dead. Your Bible tells me even the wicked shall be raised. They will all stand. Physically, they will be raised from the dead. Resurrection is not just for Christians. No. Everyone, even sinners, will be raised from the dead. They will be brought out of seas and they will stand before God for judgment. So what really did he give to you, which is exclusive to you as a child of God? That you realize that when we get deeper now into trying to understand the things of God, you will get to a point where even if Jesus died for you, physically and spiritually, and he paid the price, you might still die physically. Why? Even if Jesus is to restore you back to the original first human state where Adam was in, if you become what Adam was, if you are to become what Adam was before he sinned, you will still die. Sit down. Yo, Pastor Baba. Sit down. So, education, school <laughs> has been giving us information which we thought was right until some of us, we grew up and we started to question. We started to question. There is no scripture in the Bible that tells me that Adam was immune to death. First Adam, even if he had not sinned, he was still going to die. But what happened when he sinned was to surely die. All right. 
Because there was a certain death that was happening. Okay, I can prove you by even giving you what is in the scripture. Adam, before he sinned, why was he eating the tree of life? Why would he, if you are, if you are immortal, there's no need for you to eat from the tree that supplies life. That was before he sinned. God said you can eat of every other tree, including the tree of what? Life. But of this one tree, you don't eat. It means also Adam would regularly go to the tree of life and eat so that he doesn't what? Die. So when he sinned, he surely died. Not because of sin, but because sin blocked his access to life, which is the tree. Sin cannot kill you. Sin cannot kill you. All that sin did was to block Adam's way to the tree of... That's why God said, if he is to come and eat, though he is now a sinner, if he is to come and eat the tree of life, he will still live forever. Because sin doesn't have that power to kill the man. But the power that sin has is to block his way to the tree of life. So, Adam did not die simply because he sinned. He then died because he no longer had access to the tree of life. Is that making sense? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, I'm trying to help the flesh. So, at this level, if Adam in the garden had not sinned, and then he stops eating from the tree of life, that would have become a sin for his body. And that sin would have been not the sin of eating, but the sin of not eating. Had he not eaten of the tree of life, I, 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 there is a sin of not eating yeah. that Christians are committing even today. Yes. They don't know how to access the life because Jesus is the tree of life. That's the sin that your body is committing which is causing us to die. You all, all this while you knew, you knew of a sin of eating the forbidden, but had he not eaten the tree of life, that would have become what? A sin to the body. The body was still going to die. So Adam was a dying man before he sinned, yet he was still going to live forever. Why? Because eternity was placed in the garden, which is the tree of life. And Jesus is still playing that role today. Before we get to the 
end of the world, and then we are given access to the tree of life, certain individuals are having access to that tree of life, Jesus, now. So that they live forever. You can take your seats. Hear me, child of God. People don't like things that confuse them. But sometimes when you think you're getting confused, you're just beginning to understand. Put your, put your flesh into s- such fantasies of information and enjoy the suffering. Let knowledge blast your head upside down. Until it starts making sense. So that is what really sustains my body. I'm no longer, I've lost fear of my body. Because I'm aware of his presence. Hmm. I know to what extent my flesh is in submission to the spirit. So every day, what I'm trying to make sure happens is that the flesh makes adjustments. I'm not forcing the spirit, me the spirit, to always make adjustments. But the body has to conform. I train the body so that it yields to the laws of the spirit. When the spirit wants to do something, the body has to comply. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. We thought, yes, it's true if you are to think that it is their spirit that will prophesy. But it has to be a daughter. For the daughter to prophesy. (laughs) (laughs) The flesh also has that mandate to prophesy. When you begin to prophesy by the flesh, Don't confuse flesh with carnality. I'm not talking about being carnal. I'm talking about flesh, a gift that you got from God. When the spirit is poured upon you, the daughter, the daughter will prophesy. How? Your physical senses are converted. By the spirit. And when you hear 
what other people are hearing physically, your hearing is different. That is the yielding of the flesh to the spirit. But please, I know I'm, I'm saying a lot of things, but don't expect these things to, to happen to you if your God is gifted. Forget it. Forget it. <clears throat> this information is not for people with a talented God. You, 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 you need hear this hear this when you when you begin to know God Who tries by all means not to be understood. And he gives you grace to understand him. And you start to know not only who you are, but what you are. Your personal mind that you are afraid of, when the spirit is poured upon that, that which you feared can begin to prophesy and practice spirituality. This flesh. Can I tell you something that you people don't understand? Do you know the dust that God took and he made the physical man out of? He, the Bible calls it the dust of the ground. But there is no dust of the ground that you can ever find no matter how you purify it that can eventually become flesh and blood and bones. It's a statement so that a mystery is locked in. So that people who are going to come across the Bible, who, they don't have to understand the things of the kingdom of God. What is that? I think... Maybe, maybe that one, let me leave it for now. I will bring it back and teach.
Why is it that Adam was not perfect? Even before he sinned. Because if he was perfect, he wouldn't have sinned. So we get to know that he was not perfect. There was an inclination in him. There was the desire in him to become more and better. It means he was not that. So he was not perfect. So what brought that imperfection into him? So before he sinned, there was sin already in him. And that sin did not get into him as sin. You must understand from the previous creation that was here, the population that was here before Adam that sinned. That's the time sin was introduced, not at the time of Adam. And they sinned and God destroyed them and they all disappeared. They all returned back to earth and they all they became dust. And you must understand now, when God comes after the flood and he wants to create man, you must understand what he gathered. Hear me. Hear me. That's why what he gathered. God did not say man is perfect. He said it is good. Goodness is not perfection. So there was something already. There were generations in one Adam. He was a community. Because God wanted to, okay, God wanted to correct, to forgive through Adam, generations to come and generations before. If I ask you now, if you, if you are a scholar of the word of God, you will know that when Adam sinned, we all sinned. It means we were in him. So if we were in him when he sinned, it also means that generations before him were also in him. So had he obeyed, So, generations before were going to be forgiven and be covered and generations to come. It is the same thing in Jesus. Jesus comes, right? And then Jesus pays the price and Jesus obeyed and generations before him in the flesh got forgiven. And generations after Jesus, us, we also got forgiven. It means because when he died, we also died. So it means we were present in that body. That's why we are referred to as members of his body. So when he died, we died with him. Are you following this? Okay. So Jesus, who is hanging on the cross, he has got generations before, including the Adam that sinned, a fragment of him was the flesh, the dust of the body of Jesus. So that when he dies here, generations before him are present and generations after him are present as his body. 
So that picture is easy for some of you people to understand, but if we were to go back to the first Adam, it would be difficult for you to know the presence of the previous generation that was present in the body of Adam, which is being referred to as the dust of the earth. You hear me? All that generation which was in the body of Adam was dying. They needed to feed on the tree of life on Jesus in the garden for them to not die because they had sinned. So your access now, hear me, your access, your access. Okay, this issue of Adam, I, I will have to bring it back and really show you things that really happen. I will have to show you things that really, really, really happened. In the garden. Because some of us, when we are reading, we are hearing. Huh? When we are reading, we are what? It is at the point of hearing that you understand what you are what? Uh, let's repeat it. It is at the point of hearing that you get to understand what you are what? Reading. Ah, I'm rooted. Ah, I'm rooted. <laughs> so, the struggle that you people are having with the flesh, what is causing that struggle is two things. Three things. Religion. Tradition. And Christianity. Christianity. Is one of the biggest stumbling blocks that you need to survive. You need to overcome Christianity until you overcome, not just religion, Christianity, until you overcome that, until you have power over that. You, 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 and you, 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 you keep on searching. What did I call myself? And you remember the name that you were given. Okay, that's the name that I got from my parents, but what is my name? And you, you might also give yourself a wrong name. Okay, then keep on searching. What did they also call? Because Christianity is what they called you. Throughout the Bible, not even one place where God confirmed that name, the Christians, the brothers, the gathering of the saints, they were first called Christians in Antioch, not by God, by people that had no understanding of their practice. People of, that were ignorant of their nature. They gave them that name, Christians. From a place of not understanding and from a place of not being born again, 
how would they have access to the accurate name of the people of God? And then you come and we inherit a name from people that were not born again, people that have no understanding like we have. And then we look at the God that we serve and himself, he doesn't call us Christians, he calls us gods. And we, Christianity will have a problem with that. Because the name Christian that was pronounced became a force that will seek to protect its existence so that that name is not replaced by gods. So you will be fought by Christianity. Because Christianity is dying. Just like any other religion, Christianity is dying. Godliness is what lives forever. Sit down, please. Sit down. So your struggle with scripture is as a result of Christianity. What were they called before Antioch? What was their name? We like Christianity because it sounds well and the, the interpretation of it, the, the definition, it's good. Christ-like. We like it. It's okay because we are Christ-like. But don't again come and you say, I'm like, like Christ. The same definition, Christ-like. You come and you say, I'm like Christ. <laughs> Christianity comes in. The same... <laughs> Christ-like. Christ-like. Is that not a comparison? Christ-like. 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 I'm one teacher that can teach you until you go to the toilet, you come back, I'll be waiting for you. And I know what happens to people when I talk. Yeah. When you get to the restroom, nothing comes out. Yeah. It will be me that you are trying to urinate out. <laughs> the term Christianity is a comparison. Why should you compare yourself to God? That's the problem with what? Christianity. You should never compare yourself to God. So if someone is to ask me today, why would you compare yourself to God? 
when it comes to gifts. Okay? Why? Hear me? Oh, listen, listen. Why would you compare yourself to God? If you're asking me, why would you compare yourself to God when it comes to gifts? I would openly tell you that God is the only one that I found not gifted. I cannot compare myself to you. You are gifted. It's only God who is not. Okay, let's, let's, let's leave that aside. Let me ask you a question. Give me all of the words that you have used in worshiping God, in praising him, which are outside of comparison. When you tell him you are faithful, who is not? When the Bible says he is not a man that he should lie. When you say you are holy, who is not? Give me one word where you praise God and you worship him and you are not comparing yourself to him. You are not even ashamed. Some of you lift Jesus higher, 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 higher. Lift Jesus. We are not thinking. We lift you up. Right? You. You. You lift him up. So if we are to think of every statement, you, 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 you. <laughs> <laughs> some of us is just that we don't want to investigate some of these things you, they will not even have one song these people if I'm to criticize analyze every song they will come here they will all be praying the choir won't be singing anymore sit down sit down So it's simply a question. If we were to then come down and we say, let's talk about it. So when we are lifting him up, where was he? Why should we even think of lifting God? This is God, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, but now, hear this. Hear this. <laughs> when, it's, when it's in a song, no one hears it. But if you take it from a song and then you officially say, my job is to lift God up. You see? Imagine. If it's in a song, everyone is what? Supporting God. And making sure that he... Who are you to lift him up? So without you, he's, he's not promoted. Without you, he's not elevated. Huh? 
How come you, you never felt bad saying that? So, so tell me one word that you can ever say to him in worship which is not in comparison to something. One. You will suffer to find it. He's better than something. When God decided to limit me, he gave me gifts. That was the arrangement. In order to limit him, let's give him more gifts. And let us not be gifted. Everywhere he go, whatever he does, let people know he is gifted so they will know there is a giver. Whatever he does, the gifts will betray him that he is not the giver. He is not the creator of the giver, of the gifts. Everything that he does, it will be known that behind the given, there is the giver. Also, when you are somebody who is trying to learn the things of God, you must, there is a, there is a, there is a mind of a scholar. Some of the people are not aware of that. When you are a scholar and you want to study, you must be able to raise cases. Not cases in as in cases, I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. A teacher is allowed to walk into the classroom. When you are teaching even Bible students, as a lecturer, you are permitted to walk in and you write on the board and you say, God is not holy, God is not faithful, God doesn't tell the truth. And you give an assignment to go and prove me wrong. Yeah. That's the mind of a learner. And God will not one day bring the lecturer and say, because you have to prove. That's why Christianity is for people of less understanding. They don't question what if Islam is better than Christianity? Because you don't even want to entertain something. What if Buddhism is the true religion? So I don't, even God himself is not happy that you have come. You cannot tell him that God, your restaurant is the best if you have never been to any other restaurant. That's why your worship to him is, to, to him is useless. You have never tried any other God. Christianity is for people 
Who doesn't want to? They don't want to. Inter- what if what you were told was wrong? That is why I'm here now. I'm following God. After having investigated. And when I say he's pure. I would have studied and looked into other religions. Because the question is, what if what if there is no heaven? I don't want to find out later. What, what if? And the mind that can entertain that is the mind of a disciple. Disciple. You must question that. You must question that. The God that you are following today, look at his character, look at his nature. What was he doing in the Old Testament? The Old Testament is done away with, but the same God has continued. But let's look at the Old Testament. What was it about chickens, slaughtering chickens, cutting goats, carrying the blood, sprinkling blood on people, using hyssop and feathers? Where do you see that happening? Today. Who does that today? Not in church. Inganga. Spirit mediums. Okay. In as much as we are all in agreement that the Old Testament was done away with, we are talking of a trans, transition to think that we still have the same God who used to lack those practices. No theologian can answer that today. Those were pure rituals. You have it in your Bible today. You have it in your Bible and the people that we caught that we think were better than us were doing those rituals. It was done away with. I agree with you, but not the God of that testament. To think that, so what was in his mind at that time If it were you before, if you were once a witch doctor and then you get born again and you start laying your hands on the sick and they recover, <laughs> you will still be a suspect. Do you, know, do you know this guy? But God is what? Not a suspect. He's not. There are people right now that are giving you problems because of your Old Testament. They can't believe in your New Testament because of your Old Testament. But the Bible confirms there was a fault in the Old Covenant. There was something wrong in the Old Covenant. And here comes the New Testament. The mind that is that flexible is the mind that God talks to. So if I'm writing an exam 
I know what you want me to put so that I pass. So I give you that. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit will be telling me, okay, <laughs> when we are done here, we will do the actual things. That's why Christians have not been able to answer very simple questions. I've, I've seen debates where a Christian is being asked, if God is a good God, why would God who is good order the king to go and kill everyone? Go and destroy. The Amalekites go and destroy every, Kill the babies. Pregnant women. It was God who ordered. It was a prophet who told the king, go and kill. Little babies. What do they know? And when someone exercised godliness by not killing certain things and by certain... <laughs> he was practicing godliness and God was angry. What he did by not killing everything became a sin. A God who is good. You Christians explain that. They can't. That is why it was easy even for them to be converted. You look at the sermon that was preached when most of these people got born again. You wonder what really was said there. <laughs> they, they don't question. Yet you come to a church and you are given an opportunity. Raise your hand. It doesn't happen in church. Because you expose the ignorance of the preacher. You don't do this if you don't know what you're doing. Hmm? You have to know your God so that you are this bold. things that you people think. Huh? You must be very careful. How can you think like that? And my thinking becomes this. When I'm thinking, you're forgetting that you're fornicating. Huh. When I'm busy thinking, oh, you're doing, what you're doing there is fornicating. Yeah. Who is better? That is why when I praise God, he likes my praise. Because it's coming from knowing. It's coming from knowing. It's coming from knowing. It's coming from knowing. And I told you that before, I'll say it again, that if you realize that your partner is not well mentally. Most men here, if that is to happen and then your wife is under mental attack, from that day you will stop sleeping with her. Yeah. 
I give you this, these illustrations that are terrible so that you remember. <laughs> you would not want to sleep with a woman that is mad. Yet she still has everything else. But her level of reasoning, you cease to enjoy everything else that is present. Same applies when you worship God and you are not mentally sound. Worship is intimacy. Are we still talking about the flesh here? Yes. God wants you educated. Be informed. It will be good for a man to know that I'm in the bed not only with a woman but with accounts. You are not following what I'm saying. A man wants to sleep with a nurse. A man wants to sleep with a teacher. What they want to embrace and to enjoy, the company that they really want is what is known. Study. Know something. And you realize that your value will, will go up. That's, that's value addition. When you upgrade yourself in knowing and you study and you research, and you begin to bring out wisdom and understanding. The next thing, while you are busy articulating, your husband cannot wait for you to finish. Let's go home. And what he is hugging is knowledge. That's why God is not enjoying Christianity. don't even take time to, to investigate him. They don't take time to study him. All these years, only to realize now, after one statement of provocation, now everyone realized that God was gifted. Then people like us, when we come, we are so bold and we let you know any God that is gifted is my colleague. That one is a classmate, that one. Ours is above. So in the future, wherever you go, the next time you see the most gifted man of God, that's how you will know that he is lesser. Amen. So 
we are trying to pull people away so that you don't just focus on the gifts. Whenever you see a man that is gifted, always know that your life can also be in danger in such a ministry. Don't trust a man simply because he is highly gifted. He is more gifted because God wanted to limit him. That's why God doesn't have any of those. He is what he gives. Some people today are crying because they were misused and they were abused. Because they went and they sat under a gift. They thought this is a perfect place. Because the place was highly gifted. Yet the giftedness of a ministry becomes the limitation of the ministry. So when I walk around showing people with this flesh that I'm gifted, it's an announcement that behind the gift there is a giver. So the gifts would be making an announcement. Pride is number one when you say that you are not gifted. It's an attack on the giver. When you say I'm gifted, that's humility. You are acknowledging that there is some power that gives. You are not the origin. It's humility. If you are the ultimate, you, you, you don't say that you received. You don't say that you were given. When you say that you were given, you are acknowledging there is a giver above. Pride is not the feeling that you get when you are born again and you put your hands in the pocket and you are so happy that you are born again. That's excitement. It's allowed when you are born again. You must have that confidence. Some people might call that one pride. But pride is simply not being born again. That's pride. How can you be, how can you be created and not acknowledge the creator? There is no pride beyond that. Not being born again. If you want to see pride, you just find out, are you born again? If he's not, whether the person is as humble as what, how can you be in existence and not question the existence of the power above? Not a person who is, when a person comes and he says, I want to be born again, that's the practice, that's the exercise of humility. Being born again, when you are born again, you are humble. So, it's a struggle now. How do I make that word become my lifestyle? Stop struggling with this flesh. This flesh is not your enemy. What is your enemy is carnality. This flesh is a gift from God. Be seated, please. I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm closing. When you start considering that a gift... You stop struggling 
with what God has given you is an advantage. So, what do I do in order for me to practice spirituality? The flesh must act like a spirit. Huh? The flesh must act and behave like a what? A spirit. It, that is spirituality. So what do I do when I'm about to make a decision? Before I make a decision, I allow myself or this, the flesh to confide or to consult the spirit. Before the flesh makes a decision, the flesh has to consult the spirit. Am I supposed to do this here? And if the spirit says, don't, and the flesh doesn't, that becomes a spiritual practice by the flesh. And that is spirituality of the flesh. When the flesh is no longer doing what the flesh is used to do, and the flesh is doing only what the spirit can do, that spirituality. Consult. When your flesh is ready to take orders from the spirit, then that's a sign of maturity. Are you following this? Are you getting this? Is this making spiritual sense? child of God, take your time. I can keep on. I can be here for the next two months. Giving you a chance to ask questions and addressing questions. Why? Because all of the answers God has already given. All we need to do is to identify those answers. Then we realize that uh, God had already solved this equation. Years ago. So why am I struggling today? It's, it might not be the devil. It's religion. Tradition. Christianity. You are a Christian. That's why you are suffering. So what brings an end to the suffering? It is the name that he gave you. It's not allowed by the spiritual laws for gods to suffer. So it's not allowed. You are, you are breaking spiritual laws, you people. Had you heard this some years ago, if you were really mature enough by then to hear this, 
imagine if this was going to be your thinking. Imagine. If this was going to be your thinking. If this was going to be your thinking. Do you know I've uh, the time that I was able to preach in uh, what I would what I would say public place, not like a it wasn't like a growth point or a shopping center. I remember the preachings that I did in the bus, how I did it. I knew that talking about God would be nonsense to some other people. So I remember at some point. We were coming from a place called Centenary, going back to, to Mzarabani. I'd gone there with my father, Sekuru Makandiwa. We had just bought a tractor after we had had our harvest. So it wanted some bit of fixing here and there. But we were there for too long. There were no phones. And then my father said, we have been here for days, and Mama doesn't even know what is happening. So you can go back, and then you come. You let them know that the journey was successful, we were just fixing the, the tractor. So you go and tell the family and then you come back. So on my way, I have a message for the people. But I knew my approach has always been, I would always consult the spirit. So I said, I stood in the bus and then I said, I have a message. I would want to deliver a word there is a word that God has for everyone here, but I'm not sure if people are comfortable. But I realized also at the same time when I was talking, the radio was on in that bus. So I was trying to shout, and I also realized that some of the people were not really for that. People don't like it. <laughs> There's a way that you should be able to balance that. You can't be preaching in a bus from here to South Africa. I know if you, because of your love for God and you want sinners to repent, we do everything, including irritating the very people, the same people that we want to. Christians, they, they don't know how to apply wisdom. Yes, God wants everyone to be born again, but what is the best approach? Can you consult the spirit? If you are there, you are a Christian, you will enjoy it to say, this is God. So that we, we, we travel safely. Let, let, let the men preach because they are Christian. But if it was another, if it was a Muslim preaching, you would not like it, you being a Christian. The same way you don't like it if it's another person. The same way they do also like you doing it. But should you stop? Should you stop? So the issue is. I said, but before I say whatever I want to say, if you are there and you would want me to share this with you personally, I'm willing to give you this information. There was no sign whatsoever. No one said, oh, you can come and talk to me. No one. No one. Then I said, is there someone here? You think that you are having a problem whether it is demonic. 
said maybe you are demonic there was a woman who raised her hand and I said I will not allow you to speak we don't even know these people you can come and stand on the passage all she did was just to walk when she got straight to the passage I pointed at her I wanted to explain something <laughs> she fell on the back and the sound that she produced even myself I was afraid within seconds she was up she was bending. She started walking to and fro. Now, you are clapping because you, 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 you now consider it a miracle. But there was confusion in the bus. So when I was done and she went back, she said, the closest person to me, he said, I would want you to talk to me about that. Then, <laughs> then I sat next to him and then we began to talk. Then there was a noise from behind. I said, what are you talking the two of you? They Tauri Satins when you speak up, we want to hear. Taura Tens Satins when you speak up, we all want to hear. So they had to switch off the radio, and I was preaching from Centenary right up to Mzaraba. I was standing now. Imagine this is after a demonstration, and then I'm talking to one person. And people were protesting. Muruta or Remuri to Ibaba. Why are you talking just the two of you? That one's what you want to hear what you're talking about there. <laughs> so the kingdom is not in word. Can you show people what you know? If you say power, do you have the power? Huh? When you say power, do you have some of us? That's why you don't see us sitting in a debate and so because we feel like we want to do it. It gets to a point where you say, why should we even talk about it? Yes, let's show it. Because some people have nothing else to do except talk. Talk, 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 five hours, six hours. Talk, talk, talk. Some of us, we do. We are practitioners. Give us a case. Give us a situation. I heard, doctor, you were asking that boy, did you try anything to help yourself stop taking this? And what really worked? He said, nothing. Nothing. Except when I came. This is somebody that has become addicted. And when it's an addiction to that extent, the guy is coming, he's walking decently. He's not even staggering. So what is this now that, that, that goes and it overtakes what, overtake what he was taking? This guy had got into a level where he would take it and still maintain his balance. He was okay. But suddenly, when a certain power is activated, what is that? What is that? 
is not somewhere in a corner, in a private room. No. Here. And a life is changed. A life is transformed. What theology do you give to such a guy? Concordance. <laughs> this word in Greek, in Hebrew. Blazawa <laughs> Hebrew. Hebrew. Power, Baba. Power. <laughs> Power. Yes. Power. That's where godliness is. It's on power. The kingdom of God is not in what? Word is everywhere. People are talking. Show me the power. So go an extra mile and you say, I will not settle for religion. I will not even settle for Christianity. No. I want to go beyond. You realize one day when you are in the presence of God and you are talking to him and the presence is always present and the presence is concentrated. When you are there, religion will disappear, Christianity will disappear. What is left is intimacy and relationship. And you begin to emit what you know. You become what you know. How do I go home and put to work and practice what I would have had? It's a process of becoming the Word. The Word became flesh. It's a journey, my sister, that you need to embark on. Everyone listening, you start practicing the Word. You start, I'm talking everyone, I'm talking to everyone. You start practicing the word. Everything that is going to happen to you today, how do you practice the word? Now that you've been reading it, randomly you are reading, you are reading, when you face a situation, you address it according to the word. When you start doing that, when someone comes and he says something, before you respond, you say, what does the word say? And you respond according to the word. That word is now becoming what? Flesh. Flesh. Wow. When someone provokes you before you respond, you consult the word. How would Jesus have con conducted himself in this manner? Then if you are to do like that, then you are producing, you are acting the word. 
You must always, everything you, before words come out of your mouth, is it consistent with the word? Before you tell your husband that word, before you, before you tell your wife that word, is it consistent? Is this kindness? Is there love in this utterance? When you start doing so, okay, look at most of us, Tantina Lifestyle, before we used to come to this church, there is a way that we used to live carelessly. But now, now there's a way of your response when you hear things. When somebody catches you on the road when you're driving, there's a way of your response. Now you can talk about You are becoming the word. You are becoming the word. Jesus, I'm not going to say that you are 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 not that's how you know that the word that you had is now becoming what? Flesh. We can do better than that, people of God. This is great work. So I want you, child of God, to go home and start practicing the word. It is very simple. Before you make a choice, before you make a decision, even if it's a choice, is it consistent with the word of God? Does this guy who is interested in me, interested in God? And you make a decision. He will tell you all sorts of things, all sorts of words, and he's rolling on the floor. He's telling you, when I think of you, I feel like dying. I love you with him. But does he love God? God. Is that love consistent with the word? So you will verify everything. If someone comes and he tells you there is an opportunity, you are likely to make three million US dollars here. You look at yourself, you look at your level of maturity in the word. Has the word yet brought me to that level? Is that my figure that I've had before I joined this company, before we travel to whatever country, it's a friend who is inviting you, but just from the figure, you have to look at the figure, you look at yourself and you say, with my level of understanding, what kind of a breakthrough is this? Is this consistent with the word that I've consumed? And you make a wise decision. <laughs> what if I lose an opportunity? Not every opportunity is your opportunity. Measure yourself correctly. Yes. Cannot use measure. Measure yourself maybe with a stick. Measure yourself maybe with a wooden uh, rod or a metal. Don't use elastic. Don't measure yourself with an elastic. Okay? You must, upon hearing, you must measure yourself against an opportunity and you say, uh-uh. 
Uh-uh. Uh-uh. This is why having a million dollars can never make you a millionaire. You have to be a millionaire in order to have a million. Ukatanga kuwe honest like that. Even when you begin to be honest like that, even if you come across that you know that this girl is more beautiful and can be my level. Measure yourself correctly. Is that consistent with the word? When I bring in situations here and I'm saying I'm ready to minister to people that are sick, that have conditions, I know what they have has been measured against the word that I carry. So I'm sure of the word that I carry, that every situation can be corrected. So leave the word. Don't think it's something that is too mysterious. It's not a mystery. Don't look at it as a mysterious thing that when I go home, I this is what what I Marariro, Mafugiro, Mamukiro, Majgiro, Magezero, Matauriro, Mafambiro, how you walk. When you manifestation So Zagato Tanga. It has already started. And it's happening. So start acknowledging that I am becoming the word. The word is becoming me. Are you following that? Yes. So everyone now you have now you have realized that what I've just told you is exactly what has been happening. Right now you are measuring yourself every time everything hap- anything that happens right now you are always referring Then you know what know that you are now overwhelmed by the word. The greater part of you is dis- disappearing. You are becoming that word. Hmm? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Baba. You opened my mind. You opened my eyes. Thank mm. you for this. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So we are going to ask the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was also given that he would be a comforter according even to the scripture that you cited. He is there to help us. He is there to make things easier for us. The Holy Spirit is present to make sure that we don't make mistakes. The Holy Spirit is present so that we don't experience losses. Losses can be avoided in the kingdom of God. And even after having a loss, recovery is guaranteed in the house of the Lord. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us throughout this week 
you want his voice his communications with you to become clear you want to become the word that you have heard you are tired of living by bread alone now you have made up your mind you want to live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God I want God to speak and hear me child of God from today when God starts to speak to you you will not hear his voice from above wrong direction he's in you Be attentive to the Spirit. He will tell you before you get to the cave, slow down your vehicle. He will tell you without any reason Your child is not going to school today. And you will be so sure. And you will know the reason later. It will be so heavy that you will not even doubt it. Because you will be one with that voice you'll be so sure. The Holy Spirit will tell you, stop committing this sin. And you'll stop immediately. That level of obedience as you keep on practicing, you stop doing the things that you like. Because the spirit, the new pilot, is saying stop, stop. And you start fixing yourself. You start changing your filters. Huh? You, you allow your body to be renewed. And you stop doing it knowing that you like doing it. But the new pilot is not interested. Let the flesh submit to the spirit and the voice of God will become clearer and clearer and clearer God gave me personally that assurance that if I can tell you to not do a thing and you don't do it you are the one not me you are the one to be rewarded the devil will not have power over you if he finds you exercising power over yourself. He will not bother you.
put your, your body under subjection. Your body needs to be subdued until your body gets immersed. It has to disappear into the gold until you are at the center. The Holy Ghost inside and the Holy Ghost outside. Let divinity consume your flesh. And you are no longer condemned. You go to bed with a smile on your face knowing that you are in the hands of the Lord. You are safe. You can be intimidated. You can be. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. You are more than an overcomer. So victory has come today. This is salvation. It has come today. Don't hurt your flesh. Don't destroy your flesh. All you need to do now is to let, allow the flesh to submit and let the new driver take over and let every fault in your body be fixed. In the name of Jesus, let every fault in your body be fixed. I receive. I know most of you, you are really admitting that there could be a fault somewhere in your physical body. Maybe you were injured as you were growing up and you are deformed. And the way you drive, you require a fixing. The power of God is present here today to fix you even physically. I receive. To fix you physically. I receive. To fix you physically. I receive. To fix you physically. I receive. He's fixing you physically. I receive. The hand of God. Is fixing your body now in the name I of Jesus. I am instructing the will of the devil contained in your body. To come out in the name of Jesus. I'm separating your body from the will of the devil. I receive. Some of you people here, you are having access to the tree of life. I receive. There is a quickening of your body. Let your body recover in the name of Jesus. Healing is your portion. I receive. Success is your portion. I receive. Victory is your portion. I receive. Let this become your inheritance and the inheritance of your children. I receive. 
I stand here today by the grace of God and I declare you blessed. I receive. Let that blessing manifest from today. I receive. Have victory every morning, every night. I receive. And every afternoon. I receive. Go out there and conquer. I receive. I'm sending you out as you go. You will hunt and you will kill. I receive. You will hunt and you will kill. I receive. You will hunt and you will kill. I receive. As you go and you fight, by this grace, you are guaranteed of the spoils. I receive. You are guaranteed of the spoils. I receive. You are guaranteed of the spoils. I receive. Child of God, go and get the spoils. I receive. You will not come back here empty-handed again. I receive. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Shout. Honor him. Come on, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and make a joyful noise unto him. Yeah.